Hey everyone, you're listening to On Their Behalf, formerly known as DNA, a true crime podcast. Please enjoy. Hey, it's Devin from the future. One note about this episode before we get going, we actually recorded it a few weeks ago, and since then an expose on NJ.com was published that brought a ton of new details and facts to light, and My Favorite Murder focused on this case for one of their episodes. It's a great episode. Go listen to it if you want an updated, detailed timeline of events. In this episode of our podcast, we're going to talk about the implications and societal factors surrounding the case, so stay tuned if you want to hear about that. Thank you for your patience. We're still learning. And we're so happy you're along for the ride with us. Let's get into it. Hey, and welcome back to DNA, a true crime podcast. I'm Devin the D. And I'm Asia the A. And we like to talk about true crime. Yeah, we're friends who are storytellers, first and foremost. and Not professionals. Not professionals, So no. bear with us. Yes, we are not researchers, detectives, or cops, or anything like that. Although we're lawyers, I... so don't take our legal advice. No, but I do kind of wish I was. I know, right? Yeah, but I'm. Yeah. But we're not. So this is um, as close as we can get. Exactly. <laughs> uh, just a warning that the content of what we talk about is not suited for everyone. So don't listen to this with your babies around. <laughs> uh, viewer discretion is advised listener discretion oh yeah listeners actually no one is watching us at the moment (laughs) thank god yeah oh god uh last week we told the story together and we researched together and sort of kept things a surprise if you're interested go back and listen to that one it's a great episode this week i am taking the reins and we'll be telling asia a story that you've maybe never heard i i kind of hope that i've never heard it me because too. then it'll 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 keep it a surprise. But um, well, this week I'm going to tell you the story of the murders of Robin West, Joanne Brown, and Sarah Butler. August 31st, 2016, Robin West told her mom, Anita, that she was going out to celebrate her birthday. Her birthday was in a week from that day because she's a Virgo queen. She was celebrating earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was about to turn 20. Okay. So she went out with her friends. And when she didn't come home the next morning, Anita didn't think anything of it. Robin was always kind of a wild child. She had some trouble in school. Her parents' divorce had hit her very hard. Um, and you know, she had ADHD and she had some maybe psychological stuff that wasn't really diagnosed or addressed. Um, but Anita didn't think anything of it because Robin would go off and hang out with friends for a few days at a time, come home. Um, you know, she didn't love it, but you know, there's, she loved her daughter and she ultimately trusted that she would find her way home. Yeah. And she's also 20. She's also 20. Yeah. So... You know, just a, a day in the life of, of Robin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then almost two months later, on October 22nd, Joanne Brown, who was 33 at the time, was last seen getting into a strange car. And then, exactly one month after that, on November 22nd, Sarah Butler, a college student who had come home for Thanksgiving borrowed her mom Laverne's car to go see friends. That's what she told her mom. Mm -hmm. But she never came back. And immediately Sarah's mom Laverne called to report her daughter missing. So these three women all have a few things in common. Mm -hmm. And this all happened within like three three months. months. Okay. They all were young, beautiful black women with loving families and strong communities. They all were facing certain struggles. You know, in Robin's case, it was... Maybe some mental illness. In Joanne's case, she was facing homelessness. And in Sarah's case, there was a financial burden of paying for college and just, you know, being on the precipice of adulthood and searching for herself and independence in a world that sort of 
tells her that, you know, she doesn't have many options. Mm-hmm. So with all that in mind, all three of the women turned to sex work to make a better life for themselves. Okay. And the last thing they have in common is that they all met up with Khalil Wheeler Weaver. Wheeler that Weaver. That is a name. I know, right? Like, I have a <laughs> double-barreled last name, and like, yeah. sheesh. Um, <laughs> Khalil, I'm gonna, just going to say Khalil for, like, okay. sake yeah. of, you know, usually we go with last names, um, you know, and I don't want to, like, humanize him or anything, but it's much easier. So, yeah. Khalil. He was a 20-year-old security guard from Union, New Jersey, and he came from a family of police officers, and he was actually, like, hoping to enter the police academy one day. Mm. And he was quiet, he was cordial, polite, handsome, of course, weren't they all? Um, And in court, he wore, like, little black green glasses and, like, a perfectly pressed button-up, and people just kept saying, like, he didn't look like a serial killer. Most serial killers don't look like serial killers. I know. I'm like, oh, so rule they, book number one. Yeah. They, so they had money. Not a lot of money, but did they have... Like, he, he had a better... Well, he came from a... I'm, I couldn't find too much about his background in okay. terms of, like, what abuse he faced or anything. But he came from, like, a, a fairly stable, from what I saw. I can't Middle really class. make claims on that. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, he had... Or he at least claimed to have money to be able to meet up with sex workers. Oh, okay. Whether or not he paid them is another question. Yeah. How old is he? He was 20 at the time. 20 at the time, so okay. So very young. Yeah. Very young to start this, because I think, like, the average age that, like, a killer has their first kill is, like, 27. Oh, really? So he was okay. on the on the younger on the younger side of this. So something was, something happened. I don't know. I don't want to explain it away, but, like. Yeah. Something was up. Mm-hmm. But he, people kept saying, like, he doesn't look like, you know, he's like a handsome black man. Why would he do this? What, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on? He had so much going on. So like, they always say him. that, you I know. know right? They had so much going for them. Well, so did the women. Yes. So yeah. sit down. But that's the thing about, like, appearances in this case is that, like, people were so focused on what everybody looked like. That, like, maybe he didn't look like a serial killer in court, but, you know, when the firefighters found Robin West's body in a burned-out building, it she was so badly burned, it took them two weeks to identify her oh body. Oh, my God. When Joanne's body was found by a construction crew in another abandoned house, she was unrecognizable because of the amount of tape and strangulation that occurred. Ugh. And then when Sarah Butler's body was found, she didn't look anything like the talented dancer or, like, YMCA lifeguard that she was. Mm-hmm. She just looked like she was nothing because that's how he treated her. He, like, scattered some sticks and leaves over her body to try to disguise it. So appearances are not everything. Yeah. Um, all of these women were people with hopes and dreams and challenges and hearts. And he just saw them as disposable, saw their involvement with sex work as a validation to target them and say that nobody would miss them and that nobody would come after him. Mm-hmm. So he's very calculated in who he picked. Uh, there was a great article on medium.com written by Raven Jenkins um, about this case. And she says, quote, the similarities between Wheeler Weaver's victims are not coincidental. Prosecutors took note that he seemed to consistently target people of which, quote, no one would take note. In other words, the life of a young black woman involved in sex work, battling mental illness or homelessness, isn't going to make any breaking news headlines, end quote. Wow. So did Robin's mom know that she was a sex worker at the time? None of the parents or families knew anything about this. Okay. Um... I'm going to get more into that side of it in a little bit. Okay. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't uh, a thing that people still... Like, Robin West's parents still don't actually believe that that's what she was doing. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm sorry, actually, I might have missed might you... Have. I might have missed you saying this, but what year is this? This is 2016. 2016. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, at this point, like, sex work right. is something that, you know... Right. We, it's not not that it's something so common, but it's something that like yeah. not many people. Well, that's 
that's one thing I wanted to talk about because it's like the nature of sex work has sort of changed and shifted. Like, mm-hmm. first of all, it's the oldest profession on the planet. Yeah. And I strongly believe that we should legalize it because it brings so much protection for people. Mm-hmm. It, you know, will prevent murders like this happening yeah. and take away the stigma from something that's been around and is going to stay around. Um, and like, you know, most of the time when you think like, if you see like hooker or prostitute, which are not okay words to use. Yeah. Um, you think like of what movies and shows have shown you where, where it's like maybe like an addict in the corner, like going up to mm-hmm. a car or like Anne Hathaway and Les Mis. And not, I'm not saying that those people don't deserve respect and love because they do. Absolutely. But sex work today, I think, especially for young women in like this technological age is so much more, um, casual and mm-hmm. like, uh, it like to a point empowering because you sort of you can be your own boss, make your own rules. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's dangerous, but like, you know, cam girls are sex workers and mm-hmm. they're not necessarily targeted like this because there's an amount of like fame going involved on. in but it. It's yeah. like the, the secrecy surrounding it and the mm-hmm. stigma is why it's like very easy to like target these women. Yeah. And, um, they, like, think about, like, how many girls in your college would, like, have a sugar daddy or, like, dip mm-hmm. into escorting just to, like, maybe, like, only once or, yeah. you know, as needed. But it was, like, much better money than, like, getting a yeah. serving job. And, I like, mean, I've made jokes about it before. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm, I... I wouldn't just personally I wouldn't yeah. but like there and was definitely don't blame people that do no absolutely not yeah and but there was definitely times in college when it was just like you're struggling or like even now like as you know, I'm yeah I'm trying to be a writer I'm trying to do all these things in the industry and there's so many things that hold me back from that and a lot of it is money yeah and it's like uh, there's so many times that I'm like I'm just gonna go work the corner like yeah. that kind of thing and it's just like well yeah you know but there's nothing wrong with that no because it's the you're doing that, what you're doing what you need to do to yes. survive the and thing that makes it wrong is the men that take advantage of it yeah because the people that are making these laws that are like oh well this is illegal 90 mm-hmm. of them have oh yeah let's definitely dipped into that pot so exactly. stop it and, and it's, like, with – so the these women all use this app called Tagged that okay. has, like, ties to the dark web and, like, mm. I, I guess some really shady shit goes down there. I've never heard of it, uh, and I didn't really look into it because I didn't – Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's, like, on Craigslist you'll see ads mm-hmm. and all this stuff, and it's, like – Yes, it's dangerous, but, like, the reality is it's dangerous for the women that are putting themselves out there. It's not as dangerous for the Johns. No. That, like, there's, re- like, very l- lower stakes yeah. for the men For involved. them, yeah, for sure. Um, so I just want to, like, say that, where it's, like, it's not, like, the stigma, whatever. Sarah Butler had never done any of it before this was her first time that she was like you know the promise of like quick like 500 bucks to like go and spend a half hour with somebody like yeah (laughs) i get it like that's it's i mean it is too good to be true but yeah so sarah butler this was her first her first foray into this and it was him and it was him wow okay and like, Robin, Robin West, who was about to turn 20, like, she had lived a little bit of a harder life than Sarah. Joanne Brown, I couldn't really find a lot of information on her life, but she was a little bit older. I think mm-hmm. she'd been, you know, in that world a little bit longer. Um, but, like, Robin led the choir at her church, you yeah. know? Like, I just want to say, like, so probably so many more people than you realize have been involved in sex work at some point Mm -hmm. and it doesn't totally define them yeah you know and it also isn't an excuse to murder Murder them them. either yeah so all that being said so he khalil wheeler weber weber weaver who cares cares what is whatever i don't care yeah (laughs) this jerk um was the thing, the thing that was interesting to me in the articles that I was reading about him is that there were so many similarities with him and Ted Bundy. Hmm. Because while Ted Bundy would, like, 
break-in and everything. Like, he was handsome. Nobody suspected him. Yeah. His crimes were tied to sex, and they were violent Mm -hmm. deaths that he, you know, brought on. And he went for a specific type of woman. This guy, same thing. And he's, like, young guy, unassuming. He's not scary. He has, like, a life going outside of it, outside of all this, like, that you would never suspect. Mm -hmm. But everybody's obsessed with Ted Bundy, and nobody's heard of this guy. And this is, like... Four years ago, yeah, and like, like how many documentaries have come out? Us. Yeah, <laughs> for about Ted Bundy in the past right. like 10, 15 years. And, and I don't know, I don't know if he's like got inspiration from it or anything, or if it's just like that's like their shared psychosis type of situation. Yeah, but it, I, it was just like nobody, everybody is so into Ted Bundy, and I never heard of this guy before. Yeah. And it was like, why do I know like everything, everything about Ted Bundy? Yeah, and nothing about of his. Fairly white skin, yes. I'll tell you. Sure. Um, so, Khalil met Robin, Sarah, and Joanne through the app called Tagged, um, and he they would, like, message back and forth, set up a meeting, and then, like, exchange phone numbers, and, like, he was so bold. Like, he just had it all from his personal cell phone. He didn't even buy a burner. He, <laughs> wow. like, literally, like, he used his own car he didn't even, like, erase his search history on his computer that had, like, insane searches. And it's like, this guy thought he was never going to get caught. He thought well, he could yeah. just, like... Because no one was fa- going to care about them. The, the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just... It's just... It's also interesting that he... Like, the he had the assumption that because they were sex workers, that they didn't have people who loved them exactly. or people that would be looking for them if exactly. they went missing. Exactly. And that like that assumption is so interesting to me because it's like how dare you think the situation that they're in now totally negates who they were before. Yeah. But also he's taught that by society. Mm-hmm. He's taught that these are people that don't care. There's other other cases where, uh, you know, there's sex workers that are the victims, and they're described in police reports as non-human people. Yeah. So, you know, for all he knows, like, he's right. And, like, that's the way that society mm-hmm. has put these women to say they're disposable and they're non-people. Yeah. So, it's Did like, he have the... So, with the TAG app, mm-hmm. like, his focus was to sleep with them did he like did it go down as it was supposed to go down so yes so basically for all three women he would meet up with them at the arranged date at arranged place he would say oh i don't want to do it here like i have a i want to do it in the car or whatever (laughs) they would get into his car he would drive them somewhere else Mm -hmm. and then either like chloroform them drug them or hit their heads or just like start strangling them rape them and then alive yes like strangle as the rape was occurring okay to the point of death by Mm. strangulation and then dump their bodies somewhere close by usually within a half mile of wherever they met okay um which to me because they're like uh, Robin's body and Joanne's body were both found in abandoned houses. It mean t- to me. It seems like he uh, scoped out the area first, Before. and then okay. Sarah Butler was found in the Eagle Rock um, Wildlife Preservation. Oh wow! So he he like knew where to. He had yeah. pre-planned everything. Yeah, like okay. down to a T. So he just was like thought yeah. thought he could do it all and. The timing of these are really interesting because, like, Robin disappeared August 31st, and then, which is, like, you know, and then um, Joanne disappeared October 22nd, and then Sarah Butler disappeared November 22nd. So it's, like, his sort of, like, timing is almost a month. Like, there's a little bit more time between Robin and um, Joanne, Mm -hmm. but it's, like, if Robin was the first woman... 
<laughs> then I could see him like needing feeling like he needs more time and then getting more and more confident and like you know do we think that they are the first I don't know there hasn't been anything else tied to, to him? them okay. and he's so young that I think yeah. so I God, I mean maybe yeah I hope he didn't get anybody else some of the searches on his laptop I was like these are what were they um like just general like date rape drugs how to <laughs> strangle someone how to use like which household cleaners to mix to like kill somebody and then my favorite because fuck this guy and he's such an idiot is what is the thing you put on a cloth to put over someone's mouth to make them pass out oh like, my god quote and i'm like you didn't delete your search history bro like wow and and what is the thing that you put on a cloth yes to, seriously like because he's watching <laughs> fucking movies and he's like what yeah. is it like how does that work yeah because i'm sh- like Idiot. i mean i guess i mean i've watched films where they do that too but yeah i guess they never really say it's chloroform so yeah because like why would they because you know yeah but it's so crazy God. Yeah. Just big, stupid idiot. Big, stupid idiot. Hate him. Um, (laughs) Me too. Yes. So the other thing about this case, like, as as these women are going missing and, and, you know, as Anita um, Robin's mom is, like, actually not that worried Mm-hmm. You know, she didn't report her, her missing. She right? didn't report her missing okay. um, for I think maybe a week. Okay. And then Sarah's mom reported her missing immediately. Joanne, I don't know if anybody reported her missing, but somebody saw her get into Khalil's car. Okay. So somebody saw her and knew her and identified mm-hmm. her. Um, but all of the media coverage of all of this just kept saying like escorts body found and like prostitute murdered um and it really hurt robin's parents and sarah's parents and well yeah because they didn't know they didn't know but also it felt like you know a graboid like headline Mm -hmm. um and just like a thing to throw out and and also took the pressure off the police to solve the case yeah because it was like, oh, well, mm-hmm. you know, what do they expect if they're getting getting into that world? Ugh. How how terrible is that as a mom, like, not knowing? I mean, I'm just trying to think from her perspective of, like, she really didn't know that this was what her daughter was into and what was happening. Mm-hmm. And then to learn that after the fact. Yeah. And then the police being like, well... Yeah. You know? But if in, that's what they're going to do, they should expect it. Yeah. Like... In Sarah's case, she never even... Like, the exchange of money for sex never, never happened. happened. Oh, my God. So she's not even that... Like, you can't even... Really define her define as... Define her as... Yeah. Like, that was This the could intention. be just a guy that she met online right. and he was yeah, an asshole. Yeah, it could have and... just been Tinder. Oh, my God. You know? And then it's like... Like, for people... I don't know how often... Robin or Joanne, you know, were involved in it, but it's also like they could have, it could have been their first time. It could have yeah. been their second time. How do they know that Sarah didn't take money from him? Oh, I guess, well, I guess not, but like, it's the it kind of like, <laughs> I don't think he left her with whatever money he promised her, if you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. But like, I meant like if they, when he, well, I don't know. You'll probably get into this later, but um, like, if th- no money was exchanged, was that something that he ev- he said, or like within the investigation they found that out? She was murdered before it could have happened. Like, okay. Generally, I mean, my understanding of the way that those meetings work is like, I don't know if you necessarily like give them money, money up before. Front? Yeah, maybe there's like a down payment or something. I don't know. Um, maybe you do. I don't know. But even so, like, the the intercourse that happened was non-consensual, mm-hmm. and, you know, she wasn't really conscious yeah. for it. And this, every, every um, 
everything happened in his car. Like, they never were at, like, a hotel or anything like that. That's my understanding. There wasn't a lot of, like, the details mm-hmm. of each specific one. Um, but he was very fastidious. He didn't leave a lot of DNA behind. Like, okay. he wore condoms. He had, like, ski a ski mask that he would put on in his own car. But it's, like, there's... Um, the the main account that we know of, of and, like, are projecting a little bit onto this, um, I'll get to a little bit later, um, but because, because Robin's body was so burned, um, because they, you know, Sarah, he was very clean, mm-hmm. and they couldn't really, like, pin it to him, same with Joanne, it was hard to, like, get the details of where this would have been, and then by the time he was arrested, like, his car had been cleaned, like, there was nothing, okay, nothing left to, like, mm-hmm. You know, he 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 did his homework. He yeah. knew how to do it. Well, so, clearly. Yeah. What so all of these... cloth thing? <laughs> I'm never uh, going to get over that. Oh, my gosh. What's that uh, That was like thing? us trying to figure out how to, like, plug in our microphones. Yeah. Like, <laughs> is, there, is there a YouTube, <laughs> there a YouTube video? video? Don't that? YouTube that. Oh, no. Don't. Yeah. Don't do it. The FBI will be at your door. Yes. I'll call them myself. Yeah. Okay. So... Robin, Joanne, and Sarah's murders all took place between September and November 2016. Okay. But there was a fourth woman who's only identified as TT who got away. Huh. So, August 31st, 2016, Robin West disappears. September 1st, 2016, five days before her 20th birthday, her body is found. At this point, they don't, they can't identify her. So the morgue has her for two weeks as they're trying to go through the dental records to identify her body. Mm -hmm. So her parents don't know what's happening to her. Um, So they go through her birthday without their daughter. Oh, my God. Um, And then, so two weeks, so mid-September, the police notify her parents that they found Robin's body. Um, No leads, nothing. They're investigating, but they... They don't really know anything. Mm-hmm. October 22nd, Joanne Brown goes missing. And then on November 15th, about three weeks after Joanne mm-hmm. Brown goes missing, Titi, who is several months pregnant and facing mm-hmm. homelessness, um, goes on the app and is trying to make money to get a down payment for an apartment before her baby comes. Oh, God. And she met up with... Leo Wheeler Weaver at a hotel and he said he didn't want to do it in the hotel room. Let's go for a drive. She gets in the car with him. She, he asked her to leave her cell phone. He so, asked her to leave her cell phone? Yeah, Where? At the hotel. Oh. They got a room. So she, she does. And then he pulls over, puts a ski mask on, but I'm like, dude, you already saw... She already saw your face. Yeah, so I don't know what that was about. Well, he... She got away? Yeah. This is the one that got away. Okay. Yeah. And then he handcuffed her, so back to the cop, playing cop, mm. right? And then taped her mouth and then began strangling her and raping her at the same time. But Titi is a friggin' badass <laughs> oh. because she kept fighting to regain consciousness mm-hmm. and, like, fought smart. So she wasn't violent or anything, and she just, like, let him kind of do his thing, but, like, fought to keep consciousness and like never gave away that like she thought he was trying to kill her just thought that like maybe this like playing like oh this is your thing okay yeah and so she manages to convince him to go back to the hotel room and she's like we'll keep going like this is gonna be great like whatever you stay here baby whatever i don't know oh god and then she goes in the hotel room grabs her cell phone and then locks herself in the bathroom and calls 911 (gasps) and reports it and he realizes what's going on and that he's been outsmarted and so he takes off and so the cops come and they you know take her and they're getting her statement and according to nj.com an officer from the Elizabeth Police Department who was called to testify said that he initially didn't believe her when she called to report a kidnapping because she waited an hour to call. I was like, what? Wait, <laughs> what because is she, she do? Because she waited an hour to call? Yeah, because in that hour, he kidnapped her. Yeah. Oh, so he's saying he didn't believe her because she waited an hour 
from the, from the time, time she, that she said that she was kidnapped. Oh, not from the time that they got back yes. to the hotel. I'm like, oh, I'm oh, okay. sorry. Let me just like dial my super convenient <laughs> kidnapping phone the second it's happening. What? <laughs> well, you fucking idiot. I thought, well, first I thought you meant like she waited an hour in the bathroom. But either way, it doesn't no. matter. Like, yeah. she, oh, you don't believe her whole story because of that? Yeah. So, oh, I mean, initially, like, he got on the stand and he testified and everything. So, like, ultimately believed her. But, like, are you kidding me? Like, don't use that as an excuse to wow. not believe somebody. Like, That's how crazy. shitty. So, okay. So, that was all on November 15th. Mm-hmm. Khalil gets away. So, but because he doesn't have his fix, he needs to do it again. So, November 22nd. Seven days later. Oh, my God. Because he didn't kill her. Because he didn't kill her. He does it again. Great. He does it again. Because normally he can go about a month. Oh. Casual. It's not a fucking cookie. No. I can go a month without a cookie. I was going to say, that's... I'm really proud of you. That's a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, it's Girl Scout season, so I'm not... I literally had, like, a sleeve of Thin Mints last night, but don't tell anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I won't. All right. <laughs> okay, you, so... Me and you, me and yeah, you, that's right. it. November 22nd, one week later, Sarah Butler borrows her mom Laverne's car to, like, meet up with friends, is what mm. she said. She meets up with Wheeler Weaver. He does his whole thing. And then he dumps her body in the Eagle Rock Reservation. So November 23rd, Laverne Butler reports her daughter missing. Police begin that investigation. At this point, none of these three murders and Titi's situation are tied together. Okay. And these are all black women, right? All black women. Okay. December 1st, Sarah's body is found. Okay. So her, she wasn't found for a week. Like, yeah. Um, so as the police are investigating, but like, it's not really going that well and it seems to be taking a really long time and like nobody's really happy with the way the investigation is going i don't have any reason to believe that the police aren't doing the best like that they're doing necessarily yeah but i think that police work is sometimes slow and they don't give everybody information like if everybody's a suspect they're not going to tell you who's where things are um, and they're going to, like, be following their own leads and not necessarily taking your advice. Um, so, like, they're, they're investigating, but Sarah's sisters, whose names I don't know, okay. um, decide that, like, fuck the police, they're not doing enough. Like, they have Sarah's logins to all her computer, everything. They mm-hmm. don't have her phone, but... They have all her logins. So they start going through her social media and her text messages and see that, like, the last person that she texted was was Khalil Khalil. Wheeler Weaver. Wow. And then they find the app called Tagged. (sighs) I just don't get how the police didn't do that already. Well, I think that they kind of did, but it was like they're, they're going through... They don't have the context that Sarah's okay. sisters have. Yeah. So I think that they're 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 doing their own thing, but it's a slow machine, yeah. and they're not telling the sisters what they are, what they are doing. Yeah. So, the sisters see Sarah's profile on Tagged, which is like a huge shock to everybody because you know, know. she's yeah. advertising herself essentially. Um, and they show the message to the police who kind of go like okay thanks like we'll look into this but they weren't really satisfied with that either so what do they do they create their own account on tag and the sisters do this the sisters do this no and they create a fake profile kind of mimicking what sarah had like putting in the same section same similar photos all that kind of stuff and then find his profile and message him and then they start talking back and then they plan to meet up and then you know uh, but he's like i can't meet with you for like a week and they're like oh cool, oh fine whatever do you have plans and yeah <laughs> what? and then but meanwhile because that they show this to the police the police aren't really like telling them about the investigation but they're they're like oh okay this and they go into robin and joanne's phone 
And find him there, There, too. too. Okay, so the police have found the connection between the three. Right. But the sisters have their own, like, vigilante thing going on? Yes. Oh, excuse me. Only in Robin's phone. Because it wasn't until December 3rd that Joanne was found. Joanne's the... Joanne uh, went missing October 22nd. Okay, okay. October 22nd. She wasn't found until December 3rd. Okay, so then so at that point they didn't. But they fa- and it was like the same mo, same mm-hmm. t- kind of death, same like abandoned house, similar to the way that Robin was found. Okay. So they start thinking Think, like, yeah. oh, these two are connected. Maybe this one is connected. And then and they look was. into her. She doesn't have her phone or anything on her, so it okay. took a little bit more to like get her yeah. stuff going. But you know, eventually, mm-hmm. they found out that she was talking to him too. So. On December 6th, so this is five days after Sarah's body is found. Yeah, yes, five and days three after. days after Joanne's found. And three okay. days after Joanne's body is found. Um, the is the day that Wheeler Weaver and this catfishing oh! sisters are supposed to meet up. <laughs> so they go to like, I, I think they went to, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, I think they went to Panera. Okay. They met up in a Panera. It's my favorite. It's really funny. Did they get cheddar broccoli soup? Because <laughs> I think they it's did. the best. Um, but when he gets there, it's like all cops. <gasps> and they just like swarm him and take him down and arrest him. And I was like, that is the greatest, like, what amazing so sisters that like they, catfished so, him. So they did the this, but they told him. they told the police that they were doing this already. Right. Okay. At this point, okay. they were like in cahoots with the police. Because okay. they were like, you were right. We see this. Yeah. They And then they they were like, this is enough um, to get, like, if he shows up, it's enough to, like, get him. To get I don't him, really yeah. understand the logic of, like, why that's enough. Yeah. But... Like, what a fun sting operation. Oh, my Not gosh. Not fun, but, uh, Yeah, like, but, like, how? satisfying. So satisfying. That is so satisfying. That, like, like oh these God. women, like, banded together to use yeah. this guy's own, like, his, his territory to yeah. take him down. I love And this, that. this was, like, his weapon, in a sense. Yes. And they used it against him, which yes. is This badass. was the part of it that I was like, oh, I have to tell the story because that's so... <laughs> oh, yeah. So cool. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do it at home. And yeah. If you do well, it, do it with cops. But like, yeah. But so very dangerous. Oh gosh, that was but so great. God damn. So yeah. such vigilante justice. I loved it. Yeah. So they arrest him, and in the questioning and everything, he's like very polite and and like very quiet. And he's like, of course I'll comply and everything. And he's telling because the they story. always are. I know. They know how to turn it on I and know. off. But the cops are like you know, questioning him, they question him for, like, four hours, and he's weaving this, like, story and everything, but the cops have, like, already done their research, already, like, traced his cell phone, found, like, CCTV of his car. Yeah. Like, they did all this stuff, and so he, basically he's like, I just met up with them all. It's, like, a total coincidence that they all died after. Oh, like, really? I dropped them off at these places. And they're like, really, where'd you drop us off? So he goes around, and he actually takes the cops around to the places where he, quote-unquote, dropped all the women off that are, like, literally a block from wherever, wherever their bodies were found. found. So he's like, I don't know, maybe somebody got them after. And I'm like, I'm sorry, are you being haunted by a murderous ghost that, like, <laughs> follows you around and kills your, like... The people Sex partners? You, yeah. No. Yes. Come on, dude. God. Like, so, like, barely even trying. But yeah. then even in the questioning, he's, he's not like, a good liar. He's not a good liar because he then will just be like, oh, no, that was a lie. Like, he'll he'll be like, oh, He yeah. offers himself up yes. to, okay, oh, well. He'll be like, I met up with Joanne Brown and then I, like, dropped her off later. And they're like, our cell phone record says, like, oh, oh, he's like, I met up with Joanne and then we got weed from somebody else. So maybe he killed her. And our record, they're like, our records show that you went from the place you picked her up to the place you killed her, and then to the place you dumped her, and then home. And he's like, yes, okay, that was a lie. <laughs> just at wow. that point, just say you did it. Yeah. You know? Like, why are you, you're just wasting time you're now. You're just wasting You're prolonging time. the, the, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's not a good liar. He's not... Which not, is why he was, like, doing all the research up front and being very clean and everything, because he's like, if I get caught, I'm uh, yeah, done I'm not, for... Yeah. But it was like, come on. Oh, God. So the only thing, like, the the clincher for this case, because he was very clean, he didn't leave anything behind, and he he kind of was, like, towing the line with 
the police because he had done, you know, knew kind of about police work. So even though he was lying, it was still sort of like, he was still kind of slippery and hard to pin yeah. down. But the clincher was that under Robin's fingernails, there was still some skin Ooh. of his skin. So she fought like hell. She fought like hell. And That's what I feel like, I mean, I never... I have the a very real anxiety about being attacked yes. at all times. Yeah. And I'm very much aware of, like, everyone in my surroundings. So, like, anywhere I go by myself, I'm, like... Like, I get in my car, immediately lock the door. Mm-hmm. I go into the store. I, like, survey everyone. But, like, I always think, like, if this was to happen to me, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not going to do the, the, like, the fight or flight thing. Like, you want to flight because you're just, that's just, like, I feel like everybody has that within them that's just, like, I'm just going to stop and just, yeah. like, run away kind of yeah. thing. But, like, once you have it in your, like, mind, like, this is not going to end well but I'm going to just beat the shit out of this guy and try to collect as much evidence Mm -hmm. as I can to get, you know? So like every time I hear, yeah. (laughs) Like every time I hear of women who have like DNA under their nails and stuff like that, I always think like, Oh, I could just Mm -hmm. picture their last second of being like, you know what? I'm just going to go for Mm -hmm. it. And if I survive, I survive. If I don't, then someone's going to find out that this guy is the guy that did it, you know? So it's, it, it feels so, empowering in a way to like think of that last moment of like you know what yeah i'm just gonna take a chunk out of this guy and see what happens yeah and it's like it's just like you know she was so far gone when they found her but like that yeah that one detail is what nailed you know and the nail in his coffin literally first yeah Yeah. and that she was the first and still made sure that like he wasn't Mm -hmm. gonna keep doing this yeah just oh it was yeah um the trial was fairly straightforward. It was a few months long. Okay. Because there was a lot of detail and, mm-hmm. like, essentially, like, three murder- murders not to even begin to, like, talk about the trial about what he did to T.T. Yeah, I was going to say, was T.T., did she She testified, testify? but okay. it was a separate, um, her okay. charges were a separate trial. Okay. So the, oh, and he never, he never testified. Which is like oh. way well, to say guilty. Yeah. Well, usually their and lawyers he's are like such a don't, bad liar. Yeah. Yeah. Like don't. Why put your client up to right. that? Like he's just gonna bury himself. Right. And he's clearly but, not good at anything. No. So. But they played the four-hour interrogation tape where he was like, "Oh, that's a lie. Oh, that was a lie. Oh, that." And I was like, "Oh God, Ugh. there's just no way." Which, like, whatever. There shouldn't be a way. So. Mm-hmm. Um, the jury deliberated for two hours and then found him guilty on all charges. Mm-hmm. Life sentence. Is this another situation where they, like, they sip tea? I think so. Yeah, because we said like, that about Ramona Moore's case, too. Yeah. They're like, oh, this is pretty like, straightforward. Does anybody know a good brunch place? <laughs> I'm really in the mood for some Eggs Benedict My right other now. friend was on a jury. Yeah. You know, and they, they said a... Yeah, it was pa- I think it was back in 2003. I don't know. I don't but... know. Just anyways, all what's right. everybody doing this weekend? Yeah. Um, oh, we're done? Now we can say that yeah. he's guilty? Oh, okay, cool. great. We're, we're ready. Um, so the one weird thing about this is though, even though all four of his victims, including Titi, same MO, mm-hmm. same demographic, same like kill style. I don't know a better way to say that, so yeah. I apologize. <laughs> um, it was all the same. Nobody ever called him a serial killer. And it's and he killed Three, Three, at least three women tried to kill a fourth. He's definitely a serial offender or attacker, maybe. I don't know. But I think it's more than three, isn't it? Is it? Let's let's Google that right now. Okay. Yeah, because I think it's more, you're considered a serial killer if it's more than three. Oh, really? A person who commits a series of murders, often with no apparent motive and typically following a characteristic predictable pattern of behavior. Doesn't say. Hmm. I feel like I've seen that before. Or do maybe you, I heard it in another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Audience, do you know how many, what what makes somebody a serial killer versus a non-serial killer that kills multiple people in the same way? <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. Let us know. Um. Oh, oh, here, I found it. I found it. Okay, hmm. so it says, um, from Wikipedia, it says, a serial killer is typically a person who murders three or more people usually in service of abnormal psychological gratification with the murders taking place over more than 
a month and including a significant period of time between them. So, okay, so that is, like, a distinction between, like, a mass murderer who d- goes, like, on a single a sp- sp- killing spree. spree. But it sounds like that he fits that description. I think he does, because he he murdered three women. Yeah. And, and attacked a fourth. She just got away. Yeah. And, I mean, yes, abnormal psychological gratification. I'm sure that's why he was doing it. Yeah. Um, and the murders took place over more than a month. And included a significant period of time in between them. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would definitely think I categorize why, him as a serial I wonder killer. why then nobody said, nobody called him that. I don't know. I wonder if it was maybe made the defense like too dramatic or too big. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was, it went back to the thing where they were like, well, you know, it's not, they're sex workers. Let's not. Yeah. Let's not it, get it's not crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I would definitely say yeah. that he's because I wonder a if he was labeled killer. as a serial killer, there would there would have been more press on this mm-hmm. because that's the kind of thing that like yeah you know people interested in true crime like you and I like yeah sort of would and he didn't notice. like usually and I'm I, I don't want to say that serial killers get a name because it's a longer period of time, but this is a a rather short period of time. August to mm-hmm. December is yeah you know so. Like, he didn't get a name. He didn't get, like, the Green River Killer or the right. Golden State Killer. Right, like, he and was Bundy was, like, years, and then he escaped from jail. jail. Yeah. And, like, the his body count there was, was higher. Oh, uh, sorry. I know. But, I mean, it, this is all terrible and tragic, regardless of how right. you spin it. But, you know, he didn't go as far as, like, this was a spree. Yeah. Rather, and I'm, I wouldn't. I can't say for sure that he would have stopped after that. Like, right. I'm sure. Well, it's horrifying to me that he, like, because one of the searches on his computer was the, a test exam or like a practice test for the police academy. And can you imagine if he got into the police academy and became yeah. a police officer? And like, then that gives him a certain amount of power that mm-hmm. he would have just like exponentially. Well, Golden State Killer. Yeah, exactly. He was a cop. Yeah. Yeah. So if I I wonder if like almost the police thing was about him trying to create a world in which he could continue this and be stay, safe. Yeah. Because I wonder if oh I wonder in twenty sixteen they didn't know who the Golden State Killer was. No. Right. Never mind. That happened in two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Or yes. Yeah. 18, yeah. I, think. I was gonna say if he had, like researched, but but nope. also like. I mean, not that I want to know more about this guy or to try to justify anything about his actions, Mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm interested to know, like his, his background in is police officers, like his parents were, you said his parents were police officers. Not, I couldn't find specifically who was, but it was like, came from a family involved in law enforcement. enforcement. There wasn't a lot of Mm -hmm. information on that. And like, you know. If if I was a cop and my nephew or my son yeah. did this, I would not want to be associated with oh, that. Oh, so for sure. Um, I don't want to, like, blame them because it yeah. could have it's nothing to like, do with them. I think overall the question will always be, like, why? Like, yeah. what what is... And it, it kind of lends to what we were talking about with our first episode with Ramona. It's just like, why? Why? Like, why are you, why? Just answer that question. And most of the time, there isn't an answer to that. Yeah. So it's just like, it's fascinating to me that we kind of will never know why. Yeah. Which, you know, it Which just is so frustrating, but it's also yeah. like. It's frustrating, but then in the, in the times that we do know why. It's not satisfying no. because we're never going to understand that. No. And it just makes you want to, like, hurt them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I just want to, like, punch them in the face. Yeah. And I'm, be like, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... I but, yeah. like, the why... When we do find out the why, it's always indicative of a bigger cycle of abuse where, like, the mm-hmm. kids were, like, fucked up by their parents. Yeah. Or some authority figure. And then it mm-hmm. becomes about taking that power back. So yeah. here's the moral of the story. Don't abuse your kids. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we won't. Have and murders. we don't know if he was abused, but right, we don't know. I feel like there's got to be something there that, you know. Yeah. I don't think that like a somebody raised in a happy, healthy situation with no, because like you can be 
raised happy and healthy at home, but like have a coach or a priest or, you know, yeah. somebody in your life who yeah. hurt you. Mm-hmm. And then that creates and this why... kind of personality trait. But it also could be like brain chemistry or any, yeah. any Nature versus others. nurture. Like right, which exactly. one do we want to assign this to? I just don't like the the gratif like because what they were just saying like that psychological gratification like what what is the answer to that satisfy like him needing to overpower and dominate and literally extract life from mm-hmm. something that and that, it was that so satisfies tied. him like psychologically right. it's just and like that it was so tied to sex yeah like you what know? is that i don't know and we won't, I just don't think we will ever really know. I mean, yeah. unless there's, I'm sure there's, there's definitely people that study this stuff. Oh, for like, sure. If you're a psychologist <laughs> and you know, like, please leave let us, us know. a comment. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be nice. Send us an email. Yeah. <laughs> I want to end with a little bit about Sarah, Robin, and Joanne. Um, Sarah was a student at New Jersey City University she was a very talented dancer and a lifeguard at the YMCA. And she had two sisters and her parents, and she was a member of the Premier Dance Theater who performed at her funeral. Robin was somebody that was always up for a laugh. She loved entertaining. She loved people. She always wanted to be happy. She had a lot of struggles, but she always thought about her family and a lot of the reasons that she would kind of disappear every so often was because she didn't want her struggles to weigh on her parents and her younger brother. Um, but obviously like the love was so there that, you know, her struggle is their struggle. And, um, but it seems like everything, every choice she made was out of love. And Joanne, you know, I couldn't find as much information on her, but somebody loved her because somebody noticed she was gone and i'm to end with another quote from raven jenkins article on medium.com to be black to be a woman to be mentally ill to be homeless are all struggles on their own but when combined it creates a formula to be forgotten so this one is for sarah robin and joanne the silly loving driven women who deserve better in life and death we won't forget you Thank you for tuning in this week. Please rate, review, subscribe, download, and share our podcast. And go listen to the previous episode if you haven't already. This episode was written by Devin Balsamo-Gillis. Edited by Asia Hamilton. Music by Holly Amber Church. Special thanks to Willie Galt for letting us use his space to record again. If you want to see photos from today's case and check out our sources, please follow us on Instagram at DNA underscore podcast. Tune in next time as Asia takes the lead with a new case. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and send to all your friends who love true crime. Let's get to 150 subscribers for our next episode. See See you you next time. time!